Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mott. Welcome into College Soccer Nation. I'm the host, Matt Mott. I'm here with big-time college coach, national championship, head of the SMU Mustangs, Chris Petroselli. We are on a Monday night. Uh, excited for episode two of um, season two. Chris? Good evening. Good evening, Matt. Good evening, Matt. It's a and that's a big time, big time start. You 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 were all over it. Ah, I've been working on it, Chris. I've been working on it. Trying to change it up a little bit. I have a little flair. You know how I do. Yeah. Um. So breaking news today. Let's get right to it. Some breaking news in the world of of uh, women's soccer. Uh, go ahead. Tell us. So hours ago. Just hours ago, Carly yeah. Lloyd announces her retirement, a uh, women's national team legend, Jersey girl, by the way. Yeah. Um, but what a great career she had, right? What a what a fantastic career. And if you think about, you know, we talk, we all, a lot of times on this show, we talk about the top five. If yeah. you think about the top five players in women's national team history, I think Carly has to be in it. I think she has to be one of those five. I mean, what a, you know, great goal scorer. She moved uh you know played in in midfield played played up front like wide at times i mean she's played a number of different positions and 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 you know even in this last olympics at she 39 years old or something um she was good she was yeah. good and i actually was a little bit surprised because you know she loves it so much and and you know i thought she'd she'd hang on maybe for for another run uh but obviously she's wanting to start a family and and, and that kind of stuff. So good for her. Congratulations to her. Yeah. I, I, you know, for me, Chris, she, she kind of bridged the gap. I mean, Abby Wambach certainly was in that, in that discussion, but you know, you think about that world cup where she scored two or three in the final the one from 50 yards. Yeah. I guess go down as one of the greatest goals in the history of women's yeah. soccer. Um, I've got to tell you, um, she's clearly one of the top fives, right? Yeah. I think when you go through and, you think of the Michelle Akers and the Mia Hams um, and the Abby Wambox and the, you know, even go on and on. She's in that group. There's no yeah, doubt absolutely. about it. So, absolutely. yes, we hope to get her on sometime, right? Obviously, you have yeah, a great we'll, relationship we'll, with we'll, her. We'll try that. I, I yes, think she'll see, come on. Yeah. She'll come on. Well, effort her, effort her with our group. But uh, congratulations to her and, and what a just fantastic career. Yeah. Okay. Um, big show tonight. Kobe Hill show. from uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks will join us here and uh, be interested to talk to him and his style and his system. And he's obviously done a, a great job uh, certainly over the last number of years. And, you know, she's won the league last two times and he's always fun to talk to has a little different take on, on his style. And, and we'll get into that. Um, we're going to do some conference previews. Um, power five this week is bottom five States. Well, you've been on me to do this forever. So yeah, we so I, love this, I love this discussion. I love you this do discussion. love this discussion. It's been going on for years. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then we'll get like I said, we'll get Brian on talking about maybe some big games. I, I will say this before we get much further, Chris. I, I'm fired up. It's game week. You know, when you look, start looking across the country, there are fantastic games all over the place. You know, we're all playing. Everybody's playing. Most I think most everybody's got 100 percent capacity crowds looking forward to to playing in front of big crowds again. And. I think teams have been working hard and 
and certainly it, it's time, right? And I think uh, you want to do a little recap on the uh, on the big battle in Dallas last week. Yeah, Ole Miss and SMU, 110 minutes <laughs> of scoreless soccer. <laughs> and and then it was, it was so, heat. <laughs> yeah, it was hot. It was hot. But it was so typical. Like yeah. the game was exactly like both of us thought it would go. You know, it was, you know, us trying to pass the ball, you trying to stop us from passing the ball, um, you bombing absolutely everything in the box, you know, throw-ins from midfield, uh, free kicks from 80 yards out coming into the box, us trying to head them out. Um, and that, and you know, that was the game. Like, yeah, you know, the, and neither one of us could really do what we wanted to do. That's right. I think it showed for us, it was, it couldn't have been better. We, you know, we, we drove um, the only bad part was the drive back in the, uh, in the sleeper bus where I didn't sleep um, because you couldn't sleep because the bus, Chris, we had 700,000 miles on 700,000 and the air conditioning went out about halfway there. Oh God! So can you imagine it's trying to sleep in heat? And anyway, besides I'll give me get back to the game. Uh, it really was able to show us some areas that we really are deficient in. And I thought that your team did a great job of keeping the ball and passing it around us and us chasing like crazy and not being very organized in the way that we wanted to try and press. And uh, so it was really, really, really helpful. And, and yeah. I think that's turned us into a good week of training and looking forward to this, this weekend of games. But again, thank you for hosting us. The hospitality was great, except well, there are no bathrooms at your field. Why are there no bathrooms? Something's a porta potty would have been. Fine. I know you're under. Concern. There is a bathroom right outside the gate and, of the field. across the field, and us oh, all the but, way across the field, the whole seventy-five yes. yards. And, and I will say to the listeners, you know, after we got a shower and get on the road, the men need to shower in the lo- locker room. Chris is nowhere to be found. No one letting us in, standing there, it's just making yeah. us sweat. That's but right. besides that, it was fantastic. We appreciate it. Great game, very helpful for sure. That was good. So that, let me answer this. Yeah. You know, there's been there's been a lot of these preseason games that have been played. Right. And and we've seen some results maybe that are a little surprising. I think that kind of thing. But can we learn anything? Can we take anything from those results? You know, I think the closer it gets to the games, the more people play for real. Right. Those guys that play games two or three days in. No, I don't think you can get anything from that. Right. Everybody's trying to sort it out as we get closer and closer to the uh to the games then yeah i do think that there is some some takeaway not a ton because again you don't know none of us really know what people are trying to do how many minutes like you look at uh, the game with you right we played three thirties some of our top guys played 60 70 minutes right same thing for you so can you take much from that probably not but as you get closer guys that maybe played this weekend maybe took it to act more like a real game and, and really started preparing their team for for games on the week I think that's true. I think yeah. that's true. But you, you just, you just never really know. I, I'm right. never shocked by any result in preseason. Yeah, no, it's it's funny every time that we, uh, every time that we talk about it, um, you bring up to me can't take anything away from a preseason game. So, anyway, uh, let's get to some questions, Chris. Got some questions. Got some questions. This first one comes from Big D in Alabama. Big D. Long-time listener, first-time caller, first-time question. (laughs) What are you – this is for you, Chris. What are your most common-used starting formations? What are the advantages? Do you ever start in one to throw off the other coaching staff? Good question from Big D. So, 
what are your most common use mine you're asking me or just generally i think what? big d's just kind of talking in general or either either way i mean i think most 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 teams these days are playing some version of four three three um but we are starting to see more three backs out there yeah you know the you know the as we're starting to see that around the world some and and uh and and even you know as we'll talk to to colby about about pressing trying to get more numbers forward and, and and things like that so um but for the most part most people play some version of four three three do you i mean there have been times where we've played one way one half and and went in with the idea of changing at halftime because you know what happens you you play one way at half and the other coach goes in and tries to prepare his team. You know, yeah. okay, we got to figure this out. They got three in midfield. This is what we're going to do. And then you come out and play four in midfield. Right? right. So there have been times where we've done that. There have been times where just off the kickoff, we set up in a certain, uh, a certain system, maybe just to, to confuse just for a minute or two. Um, because as many times I think coaches look at it at the kickoff and they say, okay, Four three three, right? Yeah. And then or in a four maybe back, I don't look at it again, yeah. And, yeah. and it changes. So yeah, there is some deception there at times. Yeah, good answer and agree. All right, next question comes from Freeman in uh, Georgia. What and this this person obviously didn't listen to last week's show. What is the best preseason fitness test, and why do you use that particular one? Yeah, so <laughs> you take that one, Chris. This. Yeah, we talked about this one. I mean, uh, we think. I think most people feel like, you know, some form of the beep test, yo-yo, um, gives you as close as you can get to what fitness for soccer is because it's, you know, sprints with rest in between and repeated, repeated sprints and you're, you're, you're measuring uh, speed endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think most people these days are now using some, some form of a, of a beep test. Yeah, I think you have you do have the coaches still that want the Man U fitness test, right, or the Cooper test. There's a bunch of them out there, but I think most everybody uses something to gauge the team. And I think part of the problem is we're not, you know, if we were like softball, where you had all fall to prepare your team, to get your team fit, and then play in the spring, it probably wouldn't be as big a deal. But now I think with us coming in in August and getting right to it, you got to have some form of fitness test for sure. All right. Uh, here we go. Jeff from New York asks, what impact have you seen already? What impact do you like? Do you like do you think NIL will have on the Division One women's soccer? I haven't seen any impact. I, I haven't seen any. I, I, you know, I'm sure there are teams out there and, and kids out there that are doing some things. But I know in our program, we haven't we haven't really had any uh any kids involved in it have you had any yeah we've had a number you know what's interesting we have one player that kind of signed on with a group that has like 40 different sponsors and so they do um she does different things for different sponsors not big companies um but she does some stuff for kind of smaller brands and see it sounds like a lot of it is like okay if you put on an instagram post we'll pay you for this yeah pay you for that we had a couple players go to an opening of a sports bar in town yeah uh, we had um remember those things um snap on like bracelets i don't know if you, i don't know if you would ever remember them but the I kids don't. used to use them at camp we have a girl that's you know doing some pictures for them we have some girls doing some stuff with like um clothing wear and uh-huh. different clothing and 
I've never heard of any of these brands, but that's not a surprise. I mean, I don't even know, you know, Brian's the Lululemon guy. Yes, group, so maybe we should ask him, maybe we know the Lululemon, yes. but yeah. just some different brands. So anyway, yeah, we have started to see it a little bit. Um, not, a, I don't think they're going to make a ton of money like the no. football and basketball guys, but there has been some, which is kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Second question from Jeff from New York. How do you feel about Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC? I think that's a question for you, Matt. <laughs> I think it's exciting. I think it's uh, going to really spur a lot of conference realignment. Uh, it will be really interesting um, to see what happens as we move forward. Uh, maybe something we'll ask Brian if we have time. He's always very opinionated in this, and we did talk about this a little bit in the last time. Uh, but, no, it's it's exciting. For me, it's exciting. Two, two more good programs in the league will make it harder for sure. Um, you know, they're obviously both very good programs. But exciting. I think my, my uh, thing would be exciting to see how it happens, how soon it happens, when it's going to happen, all those kind of things. And then his last one. Um, uh, here we go. Uh, do you think other conferences will merge? And if so, what impact do you see on it having on the women's game? Okay, so here's my here's my take on it. Um, and again, this is a, just a, a guess, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't see any, you know, the, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC. I don't see any value that they get out of the remaining teams in, left in the Big 12. I don't see how any of those Big 12 teams get them more money. And that's what this is all about. This is right. all about money and making more money and I, there's just not value in those in those other teams so i don't see anything i really don't see like the pac 12 expanding the the big 10 or the acc expanding maybe there's one team here or there but i, I don't you know maybe oh, i don't there. think it's fair to say there's no value there's well, value just, how much it's not, it's not making them more money yeah it's not making them more money that's what i mean by value you know what i mean like if they're I don't know if their TV contract is 100 million. It ain't going to because remember you still got to split it ten ways. Right. So right. you know you got to get you got to get another uh, another 10 million dollars just to make it even. Yeah, right. It's got to go to 110 million dollars. So yeah. you know I, I don't see them getting that. So what what happens beyond that? I, you know I don't know. I, that, the big no. the big question is what happens with with the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I'm, I'm, you know, people keep bringing it up and I just, I, I, I'm focused on Thursday night, you yeah. know, like I can't spend time. And it's great, great for fodder and it's great for conversation, but I don't think any of us know and we'll wait and see. All right, let's move on, Chris. Let's get into, uh, we've had him waiting here for a while and now he gets antsy. He's been moving around the whole time. Those are people that don't know we do this over zoom. Brian struggles to get on, struggles to stay yes. involved. He's That's always eating he's before, before yes. he starts. Yes, know. but let's bring in the big deal. Welcome to the Rico Amati show, uh, <laughs> uh, Coach Lee. Uh, the big deal, Brian Lee, welcome in. How are you doing on this glorious Monday night of official week of games, official games, real games? It's week one. I was super excited till I was slandered like that before the host. Jeez. Just trying to, you know, keep myself busy, not have downtime, wasted time. So I try and do stuff while I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, he is very, you know, Chris, as we know, as you and I both get these text messages at bright and early in the morning, yes. I feel like every morning I'm woken up by Brian Lee's text. But he doesn't stop, does he? he just oh. go, 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 and then boom, eight o'clock, he's out sleeping. Well, the, yeah. Well, first of all, the text <laughs> comes at 5:30. And yeah. at that point, he's already had a workout. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's three hours in. He's three hours in. Uh, I'd love to put a stopwatch in him, him and, and Mark Kikorian. Although I always argue, him and I do the same amount of hours in the day. Mine just start later and end later. I think that's it. Anyway, Brian, yeah. sorry for the nonsense. Let's go. What are we doing, Chris, with Coach Lee? So Coach Lee wanted us to uh, pick in a number of different leagues a what we think will be the winner and what we consider a dark horse. And I just need, Brian, I need you to uh, define a dark horse for me. Someone who is going to make a significant move forward in the standings. Maybe they, you know, last year they finished last, they're going to finish mid-table. Mid- oh, oh, no. that's what we're supposed to do. I thought you meant dark horse to win it. No. Could um, be, but they could be. Well, they could, but let's keep it real. Here, here's how this works in college win, women's soccer. Penn State wins 19 out of the 20 Big Ten <laughs> championships. UCLA or Stanford win 19 out of 20 12. Yeah. The SEC is a little more balanced now, but in the Big 12 might have three teams that could win. So um, ACC has two. Two teams that could yeah. And they have two teams that could win and five that might make the final four. Right. <laughs> so, you know, sleeper pick. You okay. Know. I got you. All right. Yeah, mine's, mine might, I might be a little out. Chris is going to be mad at mine, but that's fine. I'm ready. Yeah, I, fine. I did some research. I worked on this a little bit. Oh, geez. All right, here we go. Ready? All right, let's start so, no, wait, hold on. Wow. We are not doing our own league, so I'm not doing the SEC. Chris right, is doing right, the AAC. Right, right. right. And we were going to do our own leagues, but Matt was scared. So, again, we, we couldn't do it. So. <laughs> well, I can't sit um, on the top of the mountain like you guys, so I just have to continue <laughs> to stay positive. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. ACC, what do you got, Matt? I, are we going around like who do we think is going to win? Yeah, start with who. I think Florida State's going to win. Horse. I think Florida State's going to win. And who's your dark horse? My dark horse is the Duke Blue Devils. Let's go. Oh, how can they be a dark horse though? Well, that's, I didn't understand the dark horse term. I, 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 with, Brian, you're you're the dark horse judge. Is 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 that okay? Is Duke, Duke a dark Duke, horse to win the league? I think Duke has won the league once since Robbie's been there, which is a whale of an achievement. Yes. Um. I see. I mean, they can. You can clarify it like that. They're dark okay. horse. Right. That's how I did all of mine. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Quick, Matt, you can do something new and think on your feet as well. And I mean, you know who are in these leagues. You guys keep going. I'll see if I can come up with some. Guide your me in my in my in my picks. Okay, that's fine. Okay. All right, Brian, give me your ACC. Well, FSU to win. Yep. And UVA is a dark horse to win the league. NC State is a sleeper. Oh, we get that too. Four or five. Jesus, excuse my language. When's the last time UVA won the ACC? They were in the Final Four last year. That's a dark horse. Final Four. They took FSU to penalties in the Final Four to get the championship game, and that's a dark horse. And you're having to go at me about Duke. And and they did add Haley Hopkins. Yeah, they did add Haley Hopkins. But Chris, what's yours? Uh, I had uh, Florida State to win the league, and UVA is a dark horse. Oh my god! <laughs> of course he did. You guys talking about me as a front runner? That is ridiculous. <laughs> well, once you Duke, I went okay. <laughs> Chris, your son, your son works at Miami, and you picked Virginia. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, that's throwing true. it out there. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. All right, here we go. We got to keep moving, and we're going to be here forever. All right, uh, SEC. No, no, Matt pick. Brian, what do you yeah. got for the SEC? I got Arkansas nudging A&M, those, those two, but I'll take Arkansas. 
Oh, and Sleeper. Dun, 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 dun. It's LSU's theme song. Here come the fighting tigers screaming up the table. Oh, wow. Wow. All right, I've got uh, Arkansas to win as well. And I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Oh, what a good pal. What a good pal. <laughs> I have to change my AAC pick, Brian. I have to change my <laughs> AAC pick. Clearly no money on this. Uh, <laughs> All right, Big 12. Matt, what do you got? Big 12. I went with the winner, West Virginia. Nikki gets back to the top. Took a little year off, and they're back at it. I watched them play the fight in Brian Lee's at the end of the year and thought it was a very good team. They couldn't break down the, the Rice Owls, but I think they'll be back, fired up, feisty. Give me West Virginia to win it. And you know who I'm going as my sleeper? I'm going with Kansas. I think Mark's one of the best coaches in the league. I think they yo-yo a little bit, and I think they'll be back. up. They looked good early on in the, in the spring last year. They brings everybody back. They'll be tough again. I like Kansas as my dark horse. Brian? You go next, Chris. I'll go last. Well, I had Kansas as a dark horse also, Matt. Oh, wow. So okay. Great minds think alike. That's um, true. But I have Oklahoma State winning the league. I, I think that's going to be a good team. Uh, yeah. Everybody returning. Um, some guys who can score. Athletic, hard to play against. Uh, great home field advantage. I, I, I have Oklahoma State winning that. Well, I am a member of the Mark Francis fan club, but I did not pick them as the uh, sleeper team. My sleeper is Texas. I'm the uh, freshman class. It's going to be super interesting. How how, just how nationally and big 12 good are those kids? And I'm taking Texas to win the big 12. Oh, I thought that would get a response. Wow. Wow. Creative, creative. Okay. Thank you. Those freshmen are good. They are very good. Still freshmen. Yeah. They All are. right, Pac-12, hey, Matt. So were Pac-12. Rose, Juwan Howard and crew. <laughs> yeah, Pac-12. Yeah. Pac-12, I'm going with Stanford to rebound back to the top. There's no way they're down another year. I'm going to take them to win it. And then I'm going to take – this is a This is my – what is it? What are we calling this? Sleeper, dark horse? Dark horse. horse. Yeah, dark horse. I like Arizona State. Oh, Watch them play. Picking my teams. <laughs> Watch them play Duke and uh, watch them play Duke last year. I thought they were very good. And, uh, you know, Duke snuck by him in the tournament. And Graham's doing a very good job. I like them as a dark horse. I, I like them as a dark horse as well. And I had uh, UCLA winning the league again. Yeah. Hmm. I, uh, Stanford, as the dark horse, they finished like eighth last year. So Stanford is my sleeper pick. No, geez. Boring. <laughs> And they finished like eight. Yeah, they're yeah, Stanford, Brian. Stanford. They're, they're the underdogs. I mean, can yeah. you be in Radcliffe out there? You can sell them as the underdogs. This is the greatest year ever. We're coming from behind, trying to close late. And then I pick Stanford to win the league as well. Oh, you, it's a bit much, Chris. Okay, it's fine with Texas. But doing both is a bit much. This was his idea. Remember? All right, Big Ten. Big Ten. I went Penn State to win it. I just think Brian's 19 out of 20 is about right. Still think they're loaded, like them a lot. And then my sleeper is my buddy over at Michigan, John Klein. Going to make a big jump. They got they got snubbed. They got COVID last year. They uh, they you know had a rough go, but they've got two Canadian internationals that just won a gold medal. I think they're very good. They will be climbing it up. Chris, is that who you picked? I did. 
Penn State and Michigan. <laughs> oh, uh, would you who'd you pick, Brian? Penn State and Penn State? <laughs> no, I didn't pick Penn State and Michigan like you two peas in a pod. <laughs> Just think alike. Um, I took Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, they're as big a favorite as there is in any of the major leagues, I would think. And Irwin's Indiana Hoosiers. I can see that. Another yeah, step forward. That. Sure. Okay, yeah. here we go. Yes. The American. The American. I'm out. I've got Memphis winning it. I think they will rebound after last year, losing late there to uh, to, to uh, South Florida. And I've got – drum roll, please. I got two teams. I got two teams. I got the SMU Mustangs as the dark horse because they only played two games, so it's hard to know what they're no, going to do. Because I said – because I said Ole Miss. That's the reason why. <laughs> The other team I got is a dark horse is Cincinnati. Look out for Cincinnati. Had a good spring, won some good games, looked dangerous late. They'll get them fired up. Cincinnati is my other dark horse. All right, I've got South Florida win it. And uh, two dark horses myself. Pony up. SM mm-hmm. pressure, Chris. Nope. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, what, what's the phrase about pressure? Is something – Something steep. I don't know. Something about diamonds and uh, yeah, that's, diamonds. That's deep, guys. Diamonds, deep. Uh, yeah. Keep this rolling. You yeah. would know that, Matt. And then yeah. the other one is uh, the Houston. Uh, oh wow! Town. Oh, the Cougars. They stepped forward last year. I, th- I thought they looked good. Yeah. Another yeah. step. Okay. Hometown team. All right, Conference USA. Conference yeah. USA. I went with the Rice Owls to repeat. Yeah. They'll be rolling. Coach Lee's got them rocking and rolling. And I went with the sleeper, Western Kentucky. I think they will bounce up into the uh, to battle with the uh, Rice Owls for that for that trophy. Sleeper, they won the East last year. They finished first in their division. That's a bold call right there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All thank right. you. I'm going with Rice to win it, and I think we can call this a sleeper because of again how they did last year. North Texas. Oh, in mm. North Texas, to me, I, I watched them play preseason. They look pretty athletic. So just so we're clear here. Chris, you picked Rice and Ole Miss. I picked Rice and SMU, and Brian picked SMU and LSU. <laughs> that, that is exactly right. Hey, we, homerism only goes so far. Yeah, true, true. I did work it. All right, let's talk that. about let's talk about why we got Coach Lee on here, Chris. Let's talk about a couple of these games we got coming up and get his yeah his take. Duke and Arkansas. What do you think, Brian? Woo! Awesome game. At Duke. At Duke. Didn't Arkansas beat them a couple years ago? Yes. At Arkansas. You know, I think it's a great game. Uh, Could go either way. I'll take the Blue Devils with just a couple new players coming in. um, Puts them over the edge, and they might be a legit top five team this year. Yeah. All right. What about uh, Florida State and A&M? A&M at Florida State. Oof. Um, when's the last time Florida State lost at home? Does I don't, never. Never. I mean, <laughs> yeah. literally, never's in play. If never yeah. within the last decade, it's yeah, in play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Florida that one, State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cal and Santa Clara. Ooh, that's an upset special. Yeah. But yeah. The big season. Cal's always super talented. Is it at Cal? I'm not sure where that one is. Yeah, especially if it's, I mean, it's a neighborhood derby, but. Um, I give Cal a fighting chance. In the end, I'll take 
Santa Clara. And I think you have to take Santa Clara, right? But hey, Chris, did uh, did what's your name Turnbull come back for Santa Clara? Did we know that she did? You did? Yeah. yeah. I'll take Santa Clara all day long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, North Carolina, Arkansas. That's an interesting one to me. Oof. Who's Ar- who does North Carolina play on Thursday? Do we know that? Washington. Oh, is that a tournament or something? Yeah. yeah. That's a nice tournament. Arkansas, Washington, Carolina, and Duke. Yeah. Strong. Yeah, I don't I don't think Arkansas goes out of that weekend without a result. I'm gonna yeah. go. Yeah, I could see that. I, I certainly could see it. I actually think Duke will have more problems with Arkansas than UNC. I think there's a better chance that Arkansas beats Duke than UNC, just because you know Arkansas will disrupt Duke so much. And yep. Carolina is a disruptor, you know. So yeah, yeah. Well, on Sunday, Carolina's Arkansas makes it tougher for Arkansas. Yeah. They're going to be deeper. Good point. Yeah. But yeah. it'll be interesting for sure. TCU and Texas A&M at TCU on Sunday. I go draw. That's my take. That's a good, probably a good, a good guess. So. It'll be interesting too. Uh, and West Virginia and Virginia, they played twice last spring and they're at it again early. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit of stylistic um, clash as well. You know, I'm no Chris Petroselli, but I quite rate Virginia. <laughs> you know, so I'll take Virginia by a goal. I Again, I'm a big Virginia fan. I think Virginia is going to be really, really good. I thought yeah. they were good last year, and but I think they're going to be really, really good. Well, I can't um, wait to see how they line up. What are they yeah. doing with Hopkins? Who's where? Ordonez you know, and Hopkins, yeah. yeah. That's a front four. Yeah. Uh, but someone's they're all going to play. Yeah. It's playing somewhere else. It's going to be interesting. Absolutely. Ryan, isn't it great? We're back talking about games. You know, Chris, I'm going to have the command center up on, on a Sunday or on Saturday or sorry, Friday command center on Sunday um, morning or whatever for the early games. We got a night game on Sunday night. Um, it's great. We're back boys. It's great that we get to talk about good matchups and good teams and, See what everybody's got. See how everybody did, and uh, excited to be back for sure. I am anyway, Brian. You, I am. And how about this opening weekend slate? I mean, we talk all the time about the death of the quality matchups in non-conference. It's a loaded opening weekend with a ton of games that have NCAA ramifications already. Absolutely, absolutely. It should be fun. Yep. All right, Brian. One more at you. Hold on. Yeah. Give me this game because it intrigues me. Florida, Texas. Tony's debut. Or debut weekend. I don't know if it's the actual opener. Yeah. Florida, Texas? I don't know that Florida has the roster one that fits how Tony wants to play. And two, I I mean, they just weren't that good. You know, honestly, they weren't that that talented. And, And the one kid that really was a good player was the Swedish kid who transferred to Florida State. So, I'd have to I'd have to lean toward Texas in that one. It's a big game. It's an interesting yeah. one. Where's that game at, Brian? Is that at Florida? I think it's at Florida. I think Texas what? is two in Florida, I think. Quite yeah, a way. Oh, yeah, they, they play, play Central Florida. Florida. Yeah. They do play Central Florida. Quite a way for Tony's debut. Texas Longhorns come to town. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. Brian, nice thank you very much. Uh Thanks, we're bringing Good luck this week. Yes, we're bringing Kobe on. Any words, Kobe, before we get started? I got a couple things on Colby. I would I would like you to, if you're comfortable, ask him his IQ. I think he's one of the smartest guys <laughs> in college soccer. Yeah. And, um, 
he's so analytical. I, I, I think that's a big part of his success. And, um, and you, you guys tell me, has anyone literally in the history of college soccer done a better job turning around a program that, you know, most of us thought would, would be really, really hard to win at, you know, to the level with which with, with uh, I would say Brian Lee at LSU would be one uh, that you would compare that to. Most people thought that was a dead end job at LSU. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Quite the love fest today. <laughs> um, I love, don't you love Brian's history of this and history of that and greatest ever. And we've never seen anything hey, like this. And, and he knew, he knew the answer would be LSU. So that's yeah, exactly. the question. Now, Colby has done much better consistently. I mean, Colby's made, did you, I think he's won two regular seasons in a row and he's been in four, yes. five tournament finals in a row. Yeah. In yeah. the SEC with A&M and Florida. Yeah. Some real inherent advantages. Georgia is a great talent pool. And he went to Arkansas and has, has built this. And he, and we, I thought we, we turned around at LSU pretty well, but we did it, you know, playing a, a pretty normal brand of soccer. You know, right. Within reason. He's kind of reinvented what it looks like. And you know, now we're going to see how Tony does it, Florida, with kind of a version of it. It's, yeah. yeah. And he's done a great job. He's done great. He's done great, and he, it will be uh, very interesting to, to have a discussion with him. Who do you play this week, Brian? Let's not let, let's not let that go. We play Sam Houston opening on Thursday. Just Stephen at your place? Sunday. No, Stephen F. Austin on Sunday. Both oh, okay. Home. All right. Both of those at home? They're both at home. All right. Let's see. Just trying to well, get good luck, Coach Lee, on the on the start of the uh, on the start of the chase for the the number two chase party. You boys as well, and we didn't mention the. Uh, that an interstate between Memphis and Oxford, the Derby on Sunday. Did you just say interstate? I did say interstate. Is that not? Is Memphis not in the state of Mississippi? In Mississippi. Well, interstate means goes between states, Matt. He is oh, correct. Yeah, Highway 55. There you go. There you go. I think it's inside the city. Here, go ahead, Darren. That damn English. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, All that right. should be a fun game as well. That should be a fun game. Well. Yeah. All right. Let's go on, Chris. Brian. See ya. See ya. All right, Chris, super excited now to bring in the head coach of the Arkansas Razorback, two-time SEC champion, Kobe Hale. Kobe, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. No problem. So listen, what we always do with our coaches is, is give us, um, kind of give us your path to where you are today. I think it's, you know, obviously I know it because Chris knows it, but for our listeners kind of, you know, how did you get to be the uh, the gaffer in Arkansas? So my dad was an Air Force pilot. And so I lived there. I lived in uh, Tennessee, in England twice. Uh, I actually played soccer till I was a sophomore in high school. I was a baseball, basketball, football guy. And we moved to England. They didn't really have those sports. So I started playing soccer. Uh, sophomore, junior year, I was in England. Moved to Virginia, back to Virginia my senior year and had to make a decision. So stay with soccer. I was pretty average. And that's probably being generous. I was so good that when I went on my recruiting trip to Oral Roberts, the coach stood me up. Um, the assistant coach, actually, my second, I was a very important recruiter for them. Uh, my second year there, my, my assistant coach was actually Kyle Cousins, who's the, the, uh -huh. the head coach at, at uh, Tulsa. So um, right out of college, I had a pretty average, I mean, I had four coaches in four years. We had a Brazilian con artist my second year. They, they fired him halfway through the season. I mean, it was a very, very illustrious college career. Uh, mm -hmm. So then, then right after I got into sales, I worked for a company called Tyco. It was kind of a funny story. Like 
I was, it was a pilot program in the country. So they would have these guys go out and they would sell these big systems and then they wouldn't service them anymore because the money was all made up front. So they were like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to pay this young guy some money to go do some things. And just, so basically I got into sales in a highly technological field and I am like easily the least tech guy on earth. Like if you said to my staff, that's what I was doing. They would say, yeah, right. Like you can't even turn mm-hmm. on a computer. So, but what I learned how to do was like, listen and, and find out what was important to people. So I go to these people's business and I would say, you know, Hey, what do you need? And they would tell me, and I didn't know how to like necessarily meet that need. So I would just start calling around. And I think the genuineness of it like really helped them trust me. And I ended up like, they didn't know what to pay me. So they had this commission thing. And I, I made more than the GM, the regional GM, my first year, they didn't really know what to do with me. Um, so anyways, I did that for a while. I started coaching, you know, a guy named Stevie miles, Chris, no, so, Steve Miles, so. so he was the, him and Roy Reese, you probably remember Roy Reese. Yeah, I see. Sure. Sure. So they were the directors of coaching at central, uh, Oklahoma. Thunders. So uh-huh. they were kind of my original mentors and I started coaching club and I had a team that had another team and I had three teams and I was coaching. So at one point I had a full-time job in sales. I had three club uh, teams. I was a director of coaching for Thunder for the women's side. And I was the assistant for Kyle, the first thousand dollars, but I had to raise my own money. So um, (laughs) I decided at that point that the financially fiscal responsible decision was to quit my six figure job and make um, (laughs) $12,000 because it's what I wanted to do. And I love coaching with Kyle and I love that. So, um, so Ironically, Amanda at the time, I don't know if you remember that she was playing with the cyber rays at the time in San Jose mm. and Stevie miles was her assistant. So he just moved there. And so again, another, you know, showing how important I am. Stevie's like, Colby, I got you an interview set up with Amanda, give her a call. So I call Amanda and I'm like, and I was the assistant at, at or so I was like, you know, ring, ring. I, hey, Amanda, this is Colby. Who? <laughs> this is, uh, this is Colby Hale. Who? <laughs> uh colby hale the assistant or you she's like yeah i don't know who you are so i was like i called steve i was like man that went really well i appreciate that <laughs> so you know he, he gets me up another one and and he's like dude she's playing she's all over the place so i called her back we had a really good conversation and she called me like a week later and she's like listen it's late july um i i just i don't i, I think i'm gonna go with somebody else and i said amanda listen i get it that's cool um can i ask why and she's like, well, you know, the, the person I'm, I'm hiring is from Florida and I think the transition will be smoother. And I said, oh, I, I thought you wanted the best hire, not the mm. And she was like, what'd you say? And I was like, well, you didn't say it was better. You just said it was a, easier. Like if this is a long-term thing, wouldn't you rather have, I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying you didn't say. So we talked for an hour. Um, and then she ends up saying, listen, if you, if I bring in a visit, you have, to, and if you accept, you have, to. I was like done and done. So I flew out there, interviewed. Um, she hired me. I literally flew home, packed up a U-Haul, drove out there. Um, you know, and then I was with Amanda for nine years. Um, you know, just an awesome experience, wonderful coach, uh, really outside of the box person. Uh, really, really grateful for that opportunity. And then, you know, actually, I think when Matt was, when interviewed at Arkansas at one point, you know, I got the token, like we're trying to hire Amanda and maybe we'll call Colby in case he can help us get Amanda. Um, and I met with a guy named John Fag, who's the, the sport admin now. And um, yeah, he, he, I knew he wasn't going to hire me at the time. They ended up hiring a different coach, but I, I called my wife and I was like, I, I'm not getting the job, but I wouldn't be surprised. And then uh, three or four years later, um, they called me and 
you know, I always joke with them. They're trying to hire somebody else. Who's a good friend of mine. I won't say his name because I want to give him in trouble, but you know, they flew him out on the private jet. Um, and I got like the middle Southwest style and the, <laughs> you know, the compliance GA picked me up in her Buick. So, uh, but you know, every, and I tell this stories to my players a lot. And I just say, as far as opportunity, you don't have to be someone's first choice. It doesn't matter how they recruit you. It doesn't matter how you get the opportunity. It's just, can you get the opportunity and what do you do with it? It's good. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, I really wanted to get into discussing sort of your, your game model, you know, what, what the key pieces or the key components of play are for you. You know, we know that your, your, your style is a little different, right. And, and I'm certainly not here to say one is any, any one way is the right way to play. I think there's all kinds of different ways to play and really respect the, you know, what you've done and, and the results that you've gotten, but we want to know how you, how you came to this idea of this is how we're going to play. Knowing that, you know, the last few years you were there at, at Central Florida and were playing at SMU, it's very different from the way the, those teams at Central Florida were playing. Yeah, Chris, that's a great question. So, you know, I came from UCF and we had, you know, our last years we had some good teams and we had some good players and I got the in the spring. And so we started implementing what we did at UCF at Arkansas. And we lost 4-1 to SEMO, uh, Missouri State. And, you know, I was listening to some of the other coaches that got jobs and knew. And basically what I heard him saying is like, we don't, our players aren't good enough, right? And we can't wait till we get our own players. And I just said, listen, man, no one's ever won at Arkansas. I went back to my players and I said, you never hear me say that. I- I'm telling you right now, if you'll do what I ask, I'll find a way to win with you. And I'm not married to anything. I don't care about my reputation. I don't care. It's not about me. You guys, you guys have some good qualities. I'm going to find them and we're going to figure it out. And so we basically screw like we did. I have some hilarious like possession stories where we would play games like four V one and you had to like connect four passes and pass it over. And after like two minutes, the score was one to zero. I was just like, Oh my gosh, these guys cannot pass the ball. Right. But what I found is like, they were super eager to win. Right. And they would work their tails off. And so we just kind of started getting creative and saying, what can we do? And we got uber, I mean, the first couple of years, it was pretty brutal. I mean, we played with like a sweeper and Matt, I think you probably remember like man mark people all over the field, you know, but basically had, we we didn't, we didn't have a lot of players who had like accomplished club careers. They were wonderful people. They were highly competitive and we thought we were going to use kind of this chip on their shoulder to help us win. So, I mean, we basically just said like, we're going to put, we're going to play for set pieces. We're going to put balls on the channel. We're going to counter press. We're going to work really hard. We're going to have a great mentality. You know, in year one is funny. Uh, I, one of my favorite stories is actually your team, Chris. So we go three and oh, we beat Austin P in my first game. And, and I just went to an elite eight. Like we beat Penn state, UNC and Florida in the same year. So I get there and we beat Austin P in overtime and a player who had never played organized soccer scored the game winner. That's a true story. She was on the track team. <laughs> So we win the second game and then third game, we beat Texas one zero. So they're like erecting statues to me <laughs> outside of the soccer complex. So we go, we go, this is a great story. And I, I'm probably going to take up all my time. We're not going to talk about anything you guys want to, but so we, so we go to, we go and we have this kid, you remember a kid named Allie Tripp? Yeah. So yeah. She, she was coming back from AC. And I was like, man, she can make a really good center back. She's super bright. She reads the game. Well, she's good in the air. So she hadn't really played. And I was like, we're going to, we're going to move you to the back and gone three, and zero. we play her in the back. We play her as a sweeper. 
and we lose like 4-0 to you, okay, at your place. And she causes three of the goals directly, right? So I say to Ben, who's my assistant at the time, I'm like, hey, man, tell her she's going to be really good. You got to just go, like, I'm married. The first thing I've learned about, like, my wife is you don't have to always fix it. Just relate to her. I was like, Ben, just go relate to her. So he goes up to her and he's like, you know, hey, Ali, I just want you to know you're going to be really, really good for us. Um, don't worry about it. She's like, what are you talking about? I gave up three goals. And he's like, I know, but I was a center back in college. And, and she looked him dead straight in the eye and said, Colby doesn't care what you did in college. He only cares what I do in college. How is this helping? <laughs> and it's like, you're right. You suck. Get back on the back. <laughs> so, you know, we just had such a wonderful group of players that were just so spirited. They, I mean, they would like tell me their opinions. If they didn't like a game plan, they would be like, Colby, this is so stupid. We're not doing that. And I just loved it. I love the personality. I love their competitiveness. And we wanted to use that. Like that was their elite quality. So we just built a system around them, right? And we've evolved out of it, you know, to, to the point where like in the final half of the game, I, I mean, I think we're pretty under to get it to the final half. We got some really talented players, you know, but we're predicated on the press. We don't mess around with it a whole lot in the back. We call it vertical possession. I know all the people we recruit against like to call it something else. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like it's, it's who we are, right? Like set pieces and like, you know, we, we, we don't, we, we want to win. And, you know, we have some really good players this year. Um, you know, we say all the time, like, if that's what people want to say, that's cool. Like, that's their take. But, you know, we call it space two, which is in front of the other team's back line. Like, if they want to drop off, we can play there too. So um, the press is the big thing. We want to be good at the things we can control, which is we want to work really hard and have a good mentality. And we want to score a lot of goals, you know. And, and I, think, I think we do that. And we want to be difficult to play. And, you know, I personally think the modern game is moving towards the press a little bit, a little bit more vertical possession. But, um, yeah, and, and it's been a lot of fun to, to evolve as we've gotten some really, really talented players. It's good. Um, so let me ask you this. This is my next question, Kobe. Um, and I, with that, and I've said that to you, like in the attack, when you get the ball into the attack, if they're in your vertical possession, they talk about very good. Yeah. I think you play very good soccer, as good as anybody plays soccer. I don't know if playing soccer is the right term, but your possession, your ability to attack out of that attacking third is, is I um, so how, and I know you've talked about the kind of the way your teams evolved, but how do you get your team to play so hard all the time? You know, some of it is in the recruiting process. We just tell them like, this is, this is what this is going to be. I mean, we're going to work hard. You know, we lose, we use a lot of like examples of teams whose front three work hard and we sell the reward, right? So we basically sell like, if you'll do this, we'll win and we'll win a lot. And if you want to win and score goals, we're a really great place. You know, like it's not, a, we're not playing our holding mid a whole lot. Like we just tell the holding mids that we're very honest in the recruiting process. You know, like if you're a holding mid and you want us to round the and then play through you, like we're probably not your best choice, right? Mm -hmm. Like that player is going to be facing goal, connecting forward passes, winning balls. You know, we have a kid, we just got a transfer from Notre Dame. I mean, this conference is not going to love this kid. I mean, he is unbelievable leader, great mentality on the air and she can play right and um you know she didn't she didn't really fit what Notre Dame was doing which is a little bit you know different in the midfield and you know like we always joke if if you're going to go to Mexican restaurant you want Mexican right like that's what we sell we're not a all-American buffet where we do everything like here's what we're really good at if you fit into that you'll love it you know Ford's really like playing for us goals in 2019 we had five players score eight goals or more um you know that's what we do right and and you know if you're a little possession playmaking oriented number six like i mean 
we're not probably going to recruit you and you're probably not going to come, you know, it's really not what we do. It's almost like the Liverpool mall, blue collar, hard work in center mids, some talented wingers, some athletic center backs. Um, it's good. Well, here's the thing for me. Um, I don't think you should ever apologize for the way that you guys play or what you do, because um, one, you win and, and, right uh and two again as matt mentioned the, the effort that you get from your team is so impressive and and those are the kind of you know that that effort that that they're giving those things are going to help those kids you know in the long run too so don't ever apologize for what what you do is, is the one thing that i would say to you but i, I did want to ask you a little bit about um about training so tell me what training looks like at arkansas let's say you know match day plus two or match day plus three. Yeah. What's it look like? That's a good question. So we just heard a guy named John Harvey who came from Washington state. And he was like, it's funny, Colby, like the perception of you is you come in and you just yell at the players for 90 minutes and that's how you get them. It's actually not what we do at all. Um, what we do is we it's everything is overtraining. So everything puts our team that we are training at a disadvantage. So we have a pressing game where we play seven, nine male practice players and the male practice players get a point for every time they connect two passes and they go to a goal that doesn't have a goalkeeper. You know, and the first time we played this, we lost 40 to zero, you know, and now our, our top two teams can actually beat the boys. So most of it is just overtraining, like everything we do in the press, it's two V seven, it's three V six, it's two V eight, it's seven V nine. And we always reward the defending team. So like we do a lot of rondos, Wes Hart's a good buddy of mine. We always joke about rondos at Alabama and Arkansas look a little different. You know, like ours is about the two working together to win the ball or the three working together to win the ball and then the transition pass. Where his is much more about like, can those five or six connect a bunch of passes? And, you know, we always joke about, you know, if we put our two in theirs, they wouldn't connect any passes. And if we put their six in, um, but, you know, it's, it's everything we do has a transition piece to it, you know, in terms of numbers down, pressing, can we get to the next most dangerous player? And then what do we do out of it? You know, that's our, we call it press to punish, which means we don't press to win the ball. It's a Jesse Marsh thing. We didn't do it, but we did steal it because it's awesome. We don't, we don't press the ball. We press to score goals. And, you know, they've done all sorts of research about, you know, possessions great at most levels. It doesn't actually relate to goals. It's great to have it. You have it. They don't. It's more fun to have it than they don't. But most goals are scored pretty quickly off a of transition. Um, and so that's how we predicate our system, right? Is how can we win the ball in a space and get to goal as quick as possible, which is not really like, I mean, I think everyone would, who's seen us play would see that. We have like a shot clock that we use in training session that my buddies all give me a hard time. Um, where basically you get rewards for how quickly you win it and also how quick, like if you score a goal within eight seconds, it's double points. And, you know, we do a lot of kind of like situational um, stuff. Um, you kind of touched on my next question. So I'm going to ask you kind of a different one. Um, how much of your mathematician brain goes into creating these different types of games and using the numbers like a statistical analytical setup. And that, I mean, that's maybe a little loaded of a question, but yeah, I, mean, I know that you're, you have the mathematician background. Yeah. So what, what would you say? Yeah, everything, right? Like we break down every single chance we have and every chance that everyone has against us. So we can tell you every shot that's taken for or against us, where the ball was won, how many passes it led to, you know, so we can say to our team, you know, hey, here's the zones where if we give a ball away, it's probably going to turn into a chance for the other team. These are the kinds of decisions like we don't structure their decisions 
I'm not a big like, hey, we don't do a whole lot of patterns and stuff like that. We do a lot of what we call ideas, um, attacking instinct and ideas. So it's almost all everything we do, like, you know, Sammy puts together an unbelievable goals for average where we could tell you everything about every chance we have ever created, like when they were, who was involved, who was on the field, how many passes led to it. And we did it was good. Like, so we had, you know, we went through this, you're saying about not apologizing, Chris, and um, we've really kind of embraced it. You know, Jurgen Klopp kind of did this whole heavy metal thing and I read a bunch of his books and it was good. You know, like Spain was definitely the ballet, right? Like it was this beautiful orchestra. It was so fun to watch. And Jurgen Klopp came along and he's like, we're more, we're more like rock and roll, right? Like that's definitely us. So, but we got to a middle stage and players were like, oh, we want to possess the ball more. And I was like, great, let's talk about that. So we, we created all these games and I had like five passing categories. It was passes attempted, pass completed, percentage of passes, key passes, and final third passes. And our teams got in groups of five and they had to come up with an argument on what, which category was the most important. Why? And they had to rank them. So is it key pass? Is it, you know, and one team's like, it's, it's passes completed. If you have the ball, they don't, you know, one key passes because those are the ones that lead to chances. One was like, it's passes in attacking half. Cause that's territory. Right. But it was just fascinating. Cause it, it helped our players realize possession is a very broad word. You know, like we have the ball. Like, it's very different with center backs passing the ball back and forth to each other with no pressure versus like a pass that breaks to get to goal. Right. And so we talk about that a lot. And we have all sorts of different players now, right? And we want, we want their ideas to be heard. So we talk a lot about what do we want our game model to be? We have five principles and everything we do relates to five principles, but we've told the players, like, there's nothing not negotiable. Like if you, if you think one, like, let's have a talk, you better have a reason. It's gonna have to be a strong reason. Um, but we have a lot of those conversations with the players. Like, what should this look like? We always talk about what could it be and what are we willing to do to get it? Those are the kind of the two questions we ask. And do you mind sharing the, the five principles? A little bit. Okay, no problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so, no, it's, it, I mean, it's most, mostly about the press and doing mm-hmm. difficult things and getting to goal. I mean, okay. those mm-hmm. are mostly what those are. Yeah. No yeah. I'm, not, I'm not quite to the ants and Dorrance. <laughs> with my, and everyone what I do, right? Like, uh, I don't, I, I, honestly, I don't think there's, um, there's a lot of mystery. Yeah, you're right. right. It's not your team. I, I don't think there's a lot of mystery to to what's going on with it. Um, talk to me about the SEC and, and bringing this now, bringing the heavy metal in, yeah. into the SEC and, and how, you, how you feel it's, it's matched up. And, and, you know, end of that, give me a little bit of your thoughts on the additions, you know, of, of Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, I think the SEC in general is not everyone's favorite conference, right? I'm not just talking soccer. I'm talking to everything. You see the, I don't think OU and Texas joining is probably helping everyone love us more. Uh, you know, I mean, you got a merger now between three of the power five conferences that is pretty clearly like a, you know, Hey, how do we kind of balance out some of that? So, I mean, I love our soccer league. I love the coaches. It's a wonderful diversity. Um, I mean, you're going to play Arkansas and Alabama in the same weekend, which, you know, very, very different styles. Um, it, it's just a wonderful league. I think we've had great additions. You know, I think Tony going to Florida, I think he'll do a tremendous job. Um, I think Sean at LSU has done a really good job again to get the best out of them. Um, you know, I think it's, and it's just very, right. Like everyone you hire is, I mean, Tony's you're going from Alan Kirkup and Becky Burley to Tony, right? Like that's going to be a fascinating, you know, transition. I think the team that Sean inherited, and I'm not just saying this because Brian Lee's here, like that was a really good team. 
And I think it took her kind of a semester to figure out division one soccer, but they had a really good spring. I think they're going to be another good team in the spring. Matt returned to everyone. I mean, Vanderbilt A&M are always stinking loaded. Like, I mean, it's an excellent league with great coaches. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very, very um, diverse in its playing style. You know, I think sometimes you say the ACC is going to play soccer and stuff. I mean, the SEC has got all sorts of different stuff, Matt. I don't know what you, if you would agree with that, but it's a really diverse brand. No, you look, you look at it like, you know, again, play South Carolina. Yeah. Right. On a, on a Thursday and turn around, play Missouri on a Sunday. And Missouri <laughs> may look different, but I mean, you got one team that it's hard to ever touch the ball. It's just sprinting at you, you know? So I agree with it. It's, it's really diverse is, a, I think a really good word for it. And it is fun to play in for sure. And, you know, obviously Kobe's been able to, to, to win it the last two years and his teams are, are always really well-prepared and difficult to play against. Um, I had one more question there. Was, oh, Kobe, before we're going to, we got just a couple more for you, but real quick, tell, tell Chris and then O'Brien's listening, everybody else listening, how impressive it is for you to be on the, with the end how well I run those meetings and how organized <laughs> these guys don't believe that I can, you know, run a committee uh, that well. So just let the guys know, that, you know, you got to the, we- the first question is who does all the work for Matt? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's no dummy. It's all about recruiting. There you go. Honestly, man, I, I love the league. It's so fun. I think the SEC has got a lot of great coaches. Um, and I think it's going to be even a better league in the, as we go move forward. I think OU and Texas are, tremendous additions just for Arkansas I'm pumped because we, we didn't have a lot of natural rivalries you know like our rivalries are the old you know SMU Texas and I mean those are our rivalries from the the Southwest Conference days and um, I'm, I'm personally pumped there in the league I agree with that I agree it's gonna be fun I, yeah. I love the idea of going back to Austin and playing I really do I think that'll be great and and obviously OU has nothing but tradition so it's pretty cool yeah. Um, all right, we'll get you out of this on this one, Kobe. Give us a, a few minutes and, and talk about, you know, really Arkansas of it, and and obviously kind of you know a sales pitch on on the uh, on the Razorbacks. Yeah, I mean, we we love living in Northwest Arkansas. It's been ranked top places to live, you know, for quite a few years. Personally, I mountain bike. My whole family mountain bikes. I have like twenty. The good thing I figured out is. I have, I'm like an obsessive personality. So I've split my obsessions between two things now, mountain biking and soccer, which I think make me a little bit more tolerable. Um, <laughs> you know, Matt and I talk about mountain bike all the, all the time. I think his take on mountain biking and mine's are a little different, you know, very, very Peloton. It's a great place, great facilities, love our AD winning tradition. It's been a lot of fun to try to build something that maybe wasn't there before followed a lot of really great coaches at Arkansas. Um, you know, it's just a tremendous league. Uh, I mean, we won 10 SEC championships as a school this year. Not a lot of people know that. And some real coaches, great relationships, in the athletics department, um, you know, we, and we like how we play. I mean, when we, when we talk to recruits, you know, we have some of the top forwards in the country and it's because we pass them the ball a lot, right? Like they're always on the ball. And, um, you know, we have tremendously athletic defenders who do a great job defending in space. We take a lot of risks. And, um, you know, we have some midfielders who are underrated, you know, we've moved over our forwards into the midfield this year, which I think is going to be a lot of fun for the, for the sec to, to figure out how to deal with them. So, um, no, man, I, guys, you guys do an awesome job, tremendous podcast. I'm really honored that you guys would, um, you guys must've, a lot of people said no, or were busy maybe during preseason. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, we figured we could get you on because, you know, you need to take a break once in a while. From, from the, uh, down, down in, um, all right, man. But listen, thank you very much for coming on. Kobe's been really good, very insightful and, and not surprising. And, you know, certainly I hope you win all your games except one. So, um, all right, man. Thanks again. Yeah, Ryan, man, you you're the real key to this whole thing. Without you, it's going to fall apart for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't let him speak very much, Kobe, if you haven't noticed. So. All right, man. Thanks so much for coming on, Kobe. All right. Thanks, Kobe. Yeah. All right, Chris. Enjoyed that. Um, Kobe did a good job. I thought it was really interesting and um, insightful. And, again, everybody does it different. Think about these last two weeks. We had Mark talking about big shape and huge possession and, and how they do it, and then Kobe into pressing and, and you know, vertical possession. Um, I think two two really interesting uh, interviews for us to start off. So, so I'm gonna hopefully continue to uh, to get better from here. Yeah, no, no. I, I thought Kobe was was really smooth. First of all, like you can see how he did a real good job on the recruiting side of it. Um, and I love the way that you know he says, "Hey, this is who we are, and this is what we do." You know, and yeah, um, and he's got his his system and. Uh, his style and and he feels real good about it and it's obviously worked and uh, he's unapologetic and uh, I, I I thought he was really interesting. Yeah, bright guy for sure, very bright guy. All right, this one I've been looking forward to. Let's get into the Power Five here. Okay. All right, so the topic is bottom five states. Something Chris has been on me forever to do. So he wants. Well, it's not to really the top five. Now we're talking about the bottom. Bottom five, five. and this is something that we're going to start to change a little bit in Power Five, really because we need more topics. Yes. to discuss and this has been one he's been on about forever so we and used five, to have this discussion a lot right we have had this discussion yeah. we have yeah. so let's go i'll let you go with your your five so to me i have a reason for all of my five well yeah you can you can have a reason and and, okay. and that's good and I, I think that you know i wanted to leave this open in general like you know you think about a state is it a place that you know has some things that are attractive and and, and that sort of thing or does it not Right. So that's kind of how I looked at it is uh, when I'm thinking about my, about my bottom five. So you want me to start? Yeah. All right. Number five. My number five would be the state of Nebraska. Oh, I like Nebraska. There's oh. nothing there. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a nice place. A little cool sometimes, but I don't, I don't hate Nebraska. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't have them. They're not my bottom five. Well, I like Nebraska just fine. Okay. I had a couple players in there. It's been good. All right. All right. My number five. Ready? Yeah. Delaware. Delaware has a wonderful beach. You know um, anybody from Delaware? You ever met anybody from Delaware? Uh, excuse me. The president is from Delaware, Matt. No. <laughs> you ever met him? <laughs> no, Darren. Don't, no, Darren. Darren, back up. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't uh, I will tell it. you, Matt. I will say this to you. Delaware was my number six. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I just don't know anybody. Know, it does nothing for me. I feel like it just was... We had to get to 50, so we added Delaware. Anyway, I know actually, that's not how actually, it happened. Delaware was the first one. They weren't the last one, but whatever. Okay. Okay. Right, you're number four. <laughs> My number four. All right. This one is going to, I'm going to take some heat from it, but I've always felt this way, so I, I got to be true to myself. Oklahoma. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, I don't have any issues with that. No, that's fine. I can be in your bottom five. Not my bottom five, but me in your bottom five. That's fine. I think we all know people that are listening. I'm going to take some, take some, uh, and then I'm going to agree with you, but that's fine. That's your bottom. All right, you know my bottom five, my number four is? Yeah. 
the Dakotas. Well, they're, they're two how, different I, states. No, but they're how can you? They're two I very mean, different states. No, no. There are less people than like Mississippi. They're, they're, they're the Dakotas. They get, why do they get four senators? It's ridiculous. They're, Everybody they're not, gets no, two senators. <laughs> they get two each, right? Yeah, like hey, everybody else. But they shouldn't. It should no. be one Dakota. It plenty should be North people, and South. It should be one state. No. Plenty of people go to South Dakota because there is something that's kind of famous there. I, I don't. It's bottom four for me. Does no, I've been there. does nothing for me. Uh, well, I think you're wrong on that one. That one I think Dakota's you're wrong because done. you put them both together. Because you put them both together. Because, because they don't belong to. They shouldn't be North and South. There's Why? a big difference between one North is and on South Dakota and North and South Carolina. One is South. Yeah, but it's nah, it should be one Dakota. No. no. All right, go ahead. Your number three. My number three is Iowa. My number three is Iowa. More pigs than people in really? the state of Iowa. I, I thought the only good thing about it was the Cornfield Baseball Stadium that they just built. So it doesn't really count. Yeah. For yeah. One day. All right, that's my number three. Interesting. Okay. We've been on it today, Chris. Yeah. All right, your number two. My number two is Wyoming. Oh, they, see, that was number six for me. I almost jumped in, but then I went with uh, Idaho. Boise is it's pretty in Idaho. That's a, that's, that's pretty, pretty country. Uh, and Idaho again does nothing for me. Yeah, Idaho's I, I, I think you might have made a mistake. On Wyoming, that. I like cowboys. Cowboys are in Wyoming. Courses. Cowboys are in Wyoming. What are you talking about? <laughs> Isn't that their mascot? All right, here we go. Drum roll, please. Number one. Well, you're going to like my number one. You're going to love my number one. North Dakota. North Dakota, not South Dakota. North Dakota. South Dakota's got got some redeeming qualities. North Dakota doesn't really have any. So here's, I struggle with my number one, right? As I was almost went with, you know, I was, I was messing around. I'm like, no, I'll get yelled at if I go with one state. But there are plenty of states that want to be like another state. For example, you have New York. New Jersey wants to be New York, but they're not. You have Michigan. Minnesota wants to be Michigan, but they're not. It's very similar. Those are all very similar. Yeah, they want to be that state. Michigan and Minnesota are very different places. I know, but they want to be them. They want to be. So, but my number one, New Mexico. I got no time for New Mexico. Mexico. We got nice balloons for the balloon festival. That's it. Yeah, but you what know, else good is in New Mexico? Like, they got great mountains. A great mountain. Everybody's got mountains. North Dakota's got mountains. Everybody Chris. doesn't have mountains, Matt. North Dakota has mountains. That, that's one of the reasons why Nebraska is in there. There's no mountain. There's no ocean. There's nothing. Nice lakes. Go ahead, Chris. go ahead, Darren. He's dying his way in. So, Chris, all that gas and oil from North Dakota, no good for you. The lower gas oh, prices don't like yeah, that so much. gas and oil, Chris. Uh, also, yeah. I'd like to also, also like to add. Uh, I'm, I guess the uh, the download numbers from certain states for the next podcast will probably be much less than this one. Well, I said that to Chris. State. Well, well, if you guys would have done your research, you would have found out that uh, Wyoming download numbers zero. Okay, <laughs> nobody <laughs> from Wyoming has ever listened. North Dakota download numbers zero. Good work. Okay. Good work. Good. Why I put them on there? Right. Good they're, work. They're not. But you they're can't not tell good. me though. Seriously, seriously, Brian. I think you're still on. Brian, tur- turn on your microphone. Can you not tell me that New Jersey is dying to be New York? They just want to be New York. They're like their little part of New Jersey. The redheaded stepchild. Part of New Jersey uh, wants to be Philly. I yeah, I would say New Jersey is closer to wanting to be Philly. I would agree with that. 
and South Jersey. Beautiful areas in yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, but who wants to be Philly? Wow. Goodness gracious. Yeah, why would you want to be Philly? South Jersey. But Philly, no, hold say, on. I'm saying Jersey. Philly's a city, Chris. Chris, Philly's a city. New Jersey's a state. Philly's a city. So I don't know why we're having this discussion. What? New Jersey wasn't on the list. Uh, I know, but I just wanted to make sure you. I put it out there that New York's better than New Jersey. So what's next week's no. top five? The top five countries that beat children? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. This has been long when we got to keep rolling. Hey, you, you know this is the first bottom five states list that Mississippi's never been on. You yeah, know, Brian, I, I went with... a lot of downloads, Brian. <laughs> hey, hey, easy, easy, Mr. Louisiana forever. I know. And, and hey, furthermore, I, I decided to take my... I love living in the South, Brian. I love living in Mississippi, so I want to put it in my top five. I love living in Alabama. I love living in Texas. I'm a I Southern know. guy. So I think all those states are wonderful. <laughs> so am I. It was a compliment to the great state of Mississippi. Thank you. Did not make the bottom five. True. Good point. Now turn your microphone back off. <laughs> I want to start censoring you like Darren. All right, Chris, let's finish it up. All right, Matt. What are we looking forward to this week? I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, game time, right? Now, I know on Monday we could all be depressed and uh, and and bummed out, but it is fun to be back. Our, I think all of our teams have been working super hard. It's time to get back to games. We've got my good buddy Jay Yelton and Matt Yelton coming in ETSU on Thursday. Looking forward to that. No, they'll be organizing tough. And then we got the big game on Sunday, uh, Memphis at Memphis. We know it will be a really, a really uh, difficult game, but certainly a fun game to be part of. Yeah, that's about you guys. We go to Houston, Bryantstown, play uh, Houston Baptist, and we come back for Sunday night at home against Northwestern State. Gotcha. Good. All right, well, let's take it out, shall we? Anything else? I think that's good. I think we've covered it. We've covered it in this episode. All right. Thank you to all listeners. Certainly, please download. Uh, Thanks, Kobe, for coming on. The big deal. Darren, for producing this. Um, It's been a good one. We'll be back next week. And we'll let you know. um, It's a secret who our guest is because we don't know who it is yet. Uh, But it'll be somebody good. Um, Again, fire up the command centers. We're back, right? Get the videos on. Ready to come back on. So, College Soccer Nation. On August 16th, Rico and Marty Show, out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.